Hey there, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I get my show on Spotify and all the other places people love to listen? How can I make money with this podcast? And where do I want to host this show? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors so you can get paid to podcast. As an Anchor user myself, I love how easy it is to upload my podcast and the fact I can get to Spotify and other platforms. Plus, I love the fact I can now start making money with my talent and my podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, an adventure taking you through the terrain of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, as well as Pocket Cast, Acast, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Radio Public, Player.fm, Spreaker, Podbean. Pod Chaser, Overcast.fm, Beyond Pod, Podbay.fm, Listen Notes, the LeeWMowen.com, and the host, GemCitySports.com. Music is provided by FreestockMusic.com. Now, please join your host for another exciting episode of the Gem of the Queen's Crown, Lee W. Mowen. I believe it's episode 38 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the only podcast talking Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Good to be back with you. It's I've been looking forward to this episode, not because it's anything special. It's me talking in the mic for a little bit and hopefully you listening for the entirety of it, but I feel like it's going to be a special episode. A quick word for play a pod they have featured my podcast thank you so much folks again you can download it on ios or android and you can download the podcast and take it offline with you meaning you don't need your data plan you can just download it in wi-fi and then go on a long trip if you like hearing about cincinnati dayton ohio sports for 38 episodes plus that plus means I'm not stopping anytime soon. I did say last week that I was having trouble getting motivated to do podcasts. It's It was just a rough time. I like doing this podcast. And I like that people enjoy my podcast. So, I'm sorry about that. Thank you, Playapod people, for featuring my podcast. Also, I'll give a special thank you to Brad Boldman, good friend of mine, longtime listener of the podcast, and also special guest on episode 35 when I interviewed Eddie Tyler and Brad, part of the Gem City Squadron. 
Brad donated 50 bucks to the GoFundMe account. I realized during the podcast, episode 37, I didn't mention what the GoFundMe page was. I was questioning if I should or not, just for privacy. But Brad asked me, I DM'd him what it was, and he donated 50 bucks. Brad, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know the family appreciates it. So what's up for episode 38? Well, a whole bunch of stuff. In the about second or third take, I did what I was going to cover, and then, ooh, ah, I don't think I'm going to do that in this take. That was stupid. There is an article about a $4.3 million sports complex that might be coming to Dayton, Ohio. Ooh, wait, I said I wouldn't do that. Crap. Oh, well. There is a new sports complex possibly being built. Like I mentioned, 4.3 mil. That's a nice chunk of change. Raider Day at Fifth Third Field. Why you should go. Thomas More College looking at the NAIA. Hunter Green and the first time this podcaster slash broadcaster slash PA announcer slash scoreboard op got to see Hunter Green. The draft picks of the Cincinnati Bengals for 2018, sectionals for your local high school and where they will play in baseball and softball, and what's up for next week. I'm excited for next week, and I hope you will be as well. But first off, I want to sport, I want to start off something that's not related to sports, something that kind of is. If you've been paying attention to the news, or if you've been around the local stores, I think there's six around the Miami Valley, Elder Beerman is going out of business. And why is this in the podcast about sports in Cincinnati and Dayton? Well, I'm getting to that. But first, a little preview. Elder Beerman got its start in Dayton, Ohio, as the Elder Johnston stores, and then Beerman had his own discount store. And once Johnston left the original company, the two merged Elder Beerman. Bam. Elder Beerman's got a couple stores around here. The Dayton Mall happened to be, I think, the biggest one. The Fairfield Commons happened to be the the uh, latest renovation that they've done. It's really shiny in there. It looks weird. And it's also the 50th store Elder Beerman opened up, if you care about that such things, in 1993. Not the 50th store in 93. That'd be amazing. But the 50th overall Elder Beerman store opened and it happened to be in the space year of 1993. There's also the Kettering Town Center, which used to be a Lazarus. Now it's an Elder Beerman, and pretty soon it'll be nothing. Maybe something will go in there, I don't know. And the Huber Heights one. There's also a store at the Miami Valley Center Mall in Piqua. And Richmond, Indiana has a standalone store downtown. So six stores going out of business. Elder Beerman... Part of the Bonton group, they bought Elder Beerman out after they escaped bankruptcy in, I think, 2003. They became Bonton in 2006. Elder Beerman got the lovely, lovely in quotes, chicken scratch font. It's on the Dayton Mall store. I think it's on the Chill Coffee store. Luckily, none of the ever stores around here have that. Thank goodness. I was worried when they were renovate, renovating the Fairfield Commons store, they put that awful chicken scratch up. Luckily, they didn't. Elder Beerman had this section, and actually this is all Bonton stores, but to us, Elder Beerman had it. It's called Close to Home, and it's where local vendors would make things, and then they'd sell them through Bonton, slash Elder Beerman, and 
people would buy them to show, hey, I'm a fan of this team. The Kettering store, they had a couple of uh, Kettering Ohio signs, which I thought were neat, but, you know, money. I actually have one of the signs. If you remember my Periscope video saying, hey, I'm starting a podcast, go watch or go listen to it, rather. The Love You to Dayton and Back sign, that is from Close to Home, from Outer Beerman. My mom has a Love You to Columbus and Back, and no, it's not Buckeyes. It's a Blue Jackets one. My mom and dad have become the biggest hockey fans I know, and I love it. I love them for that. Especially when mom tries to talk to me about Blue Jackets, but then I tell her, I can't watch them. I don't have the right channel anymore. It's sad, not only because we're losing a local business and a business that got its start in Dayton, but, you know, brick and mortar stores haven't been doing so hot, and... Now you're going to have an empty anchor space. Although I might touch on this later, there is a mall in Columbus that's going to get a scene 75, which is also a Dayton business, and they have a Cleveland stop. They have one in Milford and an old Big K, or Kmart if you like, and they are in the old Roberts store in North Dayton by Butler Township, Vandalia, if you will. That's at the old Kaufman's at Tuttle Crossing, in case you care. I don't know when they're going to open. Not for a while. But yeah, Elder Beerman's closing, and this is your last chance to pick up some things. They have a lot of Ohio State Buckeye stuff, of course. They got a few Dayton Flyer things, which are pretty neat. Like I mentioned, love you Dayton back. It's been hanging up in the apartment for a while now. I love it. There's a couple more things at the Kettering store. It just depends which store you go to. They have some Cincinnati Bengals stuff there, too. And it's going to be, you know, pretty slim pickings if you wait too long. So go visit your elder beerman, say goodbye one last time, and then make jokes about, <laughs> he's old and he's a beer man. <laughs> this part of the podcast intentionally left blank. Before Elder Beerman moved in Dayton Mall, where Target is now on 725, that's where Elder Beerman used to be. They had Arby's inside. They also had an Elder Beerman electronics store. That's where I got my first TV when I was a kid. Well, my parents got it. I couldn't. You know, I didn't have money as a kid. But my parents got the TV there from Elder Beerman Electronics, and I think I still have that TV at home. It hasn't hasn't broke yet. So, neat. And the reason why Elder Beerman wasn't in the Dayton Mall, because showing me being a giant nerd knowing this, but the Reich family didn't want the Elder Beerman store at the mall because, you know, Reichs. And then Shiloto Reichs and Lazarus. If you know me, I like Lazarus. I miss Lazarus. I think Macy's screwed up Lazarus, but Elder Beerman's going down the toilet. Macy's is still here. So what the hell do I know? So yeah, Elder Beerman finally moved in after McAlpin's, which is a Cincinnati store, now Dillard's. They were in the mall for two years when J.C. Penney moved out. If you remember where the glass staircase was at the Dayton Mall, that's where J.C. Penney's went. And then in 98, Elder Beerman moved in. And then Target took over the old Elder Beerman store in 2000. 
Aren't you glad you're listening to this? Oh my god, it's 11 minutes in. All I've been talking about is Elder Beerman. Yeah, Dayton-based store, closing up shop forever. Go see Close to Home. It's sports stuff. Also, if you need clothes and stuff like that, go there, I guess. So, let's talk sports, shall we? I think you've waited long enough. It's about 11 and a half minutes. I mentioned there's an article about a $4.3 million sports complex coming in. And this is from the Dayton Business Journal. The Salvation Army of Dayton is planning to build this complex across from the Ray and Joan Croc Center. Which, if you don't know where that is, it's on Kiwi Street, north of Fifth Third Field, right by I-75. And by Kettering Fields, you know, all the fields around the river. It's not going to be right across the street because, like I said, there's I-75. You can't put a field on I-75. Especially since they just got Malfunction Junction and the whole interstate, you know, construction free for a year. And then next year, hey, let's make it 20 lanes. Let's expand it to the moon. This is a very weird start to episode 38. And I'd like to remind you this is not the first take. I don't know what's wrong with me this week, but hopefully you're getting a laugh. Hopefully you haven't thrown your device against the wall, hoping that I shut up and this podcast goes away so 4.3 million dollars in the mccook field neighborhood and that's from wdtn.com which happens to be the dayton business journal's media friend and partner it'll include lacrosse and soccer fields as well as areas for pickleball and a stage and the funding will come from leftover money from the ray and joan croc center which is spelled wrong on the article it's spelled with a c like the shoes it's supposed to be with a k I know, big, big detail on the podcast. The arrival of new sports fields will further enhance the area and draw visitors for possible sporting tournaments. I still think the Mead Cup is here. Mead left Dayton years and years ago, but Mead had the one of the tallest buildings in Dayton. If you can find a picture of Dayton back in the 90s or back before 2000-something, Mead was... On there. They make notebooks and paper stuff, basically. They're now in West Virginia, I think. They merged with someone, then they moved. I think that's what it is. But I like this. $4.3 million sports complex. Sounds like a lot of money for fields, but you gotta remember. I think lacrosse, you need artificial turf? Do you? I don't know. I don't know about lacrosse. I've only done one broadcast in high school lacrosse. It was Bellbrook Oakwood, and I think Bellbrook won it. I don't remember. It's been years ago. It's been like four years since I did a game. Maybe three years. I don't remember. It's been a long time. But, yeah, I want to see. I want to see more sports come into Dayton. I want to see tournaments. It brings in bodies. It brings in money. I mean, are we talking about first four money that, you know, Montgomery County and University of Dayton area bring in? Who knows? But it's something good for the community. It's something good for sports. I know you don't have to be a sports fan. I mean, if you're not, I don't know why you're listening to this unless you like me for some reason. I talked about Edward Beerman for nearly 10 minutes. Is that good enough? I don't know. But I like this. I like to see more tournaments come in. I like to see a Dayton area company, or maybe a Cincinnati company even, sponsor it. 
and put your name on it. Get these teams in. Let's play lacrosse. Let's play soccer. Let's play. Let's bring sports into Dayton, Ohio. Let's bring something great to the Gem City. So I like this. Again, the article's from Dayton Business Journal. I pretty much read a lot, or actually all of it. So you can go visit them. It was written by the staff last time I checked and put it into the episode notes. So we move on to the next thing. We go back to Fifth Third Field and we talk about Raider Day. What's Raider Day? Well, you know your sports. It's Wright State University Athletics. If it's something else, be very afraid. Or we have a big turnout of Oakland Raider fans. Soon to be Las Vegas Raider fans. Still not sure how I feel about that, but it's Wright State's Raiders baseball team playing at fifth third field to open up the last series of the season against the Northern Kentucky Norse. This is awesome. I love it because Wright State University and the Dayton Dragons have been partners now for, what is it, two, three seasons, a couple seasons. Season before that, it was Miami U and Dragons partners, but now it's Wright State. As alumnus of WSU, this is really cool. You're playing on the big stage in Dayton, Ohio. You're right downtown. It's growing, and it's going to bring a lot of people in. Now, it is free to attend, but you need a ticket. So, visit DaytonDragons.com or WSURaiders.com. You sign up, you put your information in, and then they will save you a ticket. And you can watch the Raiders play the Norse. It's a good Cincinnati-Dayton rivalry. If you search Wright State on Twitter, you see a lot of barstool stuff. Personal opinion out of the way, you see a lot of barstool NKU versus Wright State. And oddly enough, barstool Wright State versus barstool Central State. Which, you know, the Wright State barstool is like, we never even knew you had sports Central State, but... Enough about that. You can go see the beef on Twitter. I don't have to describe it to you. So yes, Wright State, Northern Kentucky. That's the last regular season series before the Horizon League tournament, which if Wright State keeps on the tear they're going, it'll be at Nishwood Stadium. Now, this is the first time Wright State's played at Fifth Third Field. That's not the first time a college has taken advantage of Fifth Third Field. The University of Dayton Flyers baseball team hosted the Atlantic 10s at the third field. I forget if it was 2011 or 2012. I think it was the season before I started working at UD. I can only imagine that because there are seven teams that get to go to the A-10 tourney. I thought it was eight, but what do I know? So top seven get to go in the tournament and play for the big dance or the regionals and then super regionals and then the college world series i don't need to explain the rest of that but it'll be the first time Wright state gets to play at the field of the dayton dragons and like i mentioned it's a good sunday rivalry it's 6 30 and it's free to get in but you do need a ticket and you need to go to either daytondragons.com or wsuraiders.com you put in your information and you get your ticket like so very excited, and as a Wright State alum, I think it's great. And I hope you do too, because if you like baseball, you get to have the same experience as you go to a Dayton Dragons game, 
but only it's Wright State in Norman, Kentucky, so probably a lot of gold, probably a little green, probably a little black. That's Wright State in Norman, Kentucky colors, black and gold, green and gold, you know. So far, Wright State has won every Horizon League series with two left to go at home and one on the road at Milwaukee. Raiders host UIC this upcoming weekend and then Norfolk, Kentucky for the final series of the season. The Raiders swept Youngstown State just this past weekend. The Raiders now 6-0 against YSU on the season. It's been the only team that Wright State has swept this year. They have taken two out of three from every other squad, however, and four of six total from Oakland. Still have to finish the series with UIC, Milwaukee, at Milwaukee, and Northern Kentucky, as I previously mentioned. UD on the other side, as we're talking about college baseball. The Flyers dropped two of three at Richmond, Virginia, and now they will be on the road to the Bronx as they'll take on the Rams of Fordham. The last A-10 series at home will be against the Rhode Island Rams, and that's coming up next weekend. I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know why. I know, I think UD and Wright State are out of school now. I know Wright State is. They just had their graduation on Saturday. And it's weird that it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because normally it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or if weather doesn't want to play nice, Friday, Saturday. But there you go. In case I'm wrong, check DaytonFlyers.com. You can hear my voice out there at Warner Field all three of those days, and I know Senior Day will be out there. I always look forward to Senior Day. You send off, you send off the players that either had two or four years, or anywhere in between, I suppose. You send them off. You talk about their accomplishments. You see their family there. It's a great time. It's free to come out to Warner Field, by the way. Free admission. Come out. Watch baseball. Have a good time. And also, in a little bit of news, Wright State's Gabe Snyder, first baseman for the Raiders, passes Brian Vickers for the career home run record of Wright State with his 43rd hit at Youngstown State. Congrats go out to Gabe. He's having quite the season with the Raiders. Broke the RBI record, career RBI record. Now broke the career home run record, which was held by Brian Vickers. I think he set that 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. So now we talk about someone that pitches at fifth third field. We call those pitchers. But there's one pitcher in particular this is a weird podcast episode. I know, I kind of like it. It has a little personality. Maybe it's not as boring to listen to as last week's was. Hunter Green. First round pick for the Reds last year. 18 years of age. Won't turn 19 until August. And I got to see him pitch for the first time on Saturday. This was against the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. In case you don't know, Dayton is the single-A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds in the Midwest League. And Fort Wayne is the single-A affiliate of the San Diego Padres. And they have been since 1999, when they were known as the Fort Wayne Wizards. They moved from Kenosha, Wisconsin in 92 to become the Wizards in 93. And they became the Tin Caps in 2008 with the opening of Parkview Field. I think that's 2008, might be 2009. 
Anyway, Tin Caps, you might know them. They, they're the team that has an apple as a logo with a pan on his head. Its head. And it's based on the real-life Johnny Appleseed. And Fort Wayne also has the worst font for numbers I've ever seen in my life. Because you know how numbers look. You know what a number is. I don't have to explain that to you. At least I don't think I do. But the Tin Caps font, I always said it was like, if you remember Super Mario Kart's font, it's like that. But no, you can read that font. I, I like the... I like the... I like the uniqueness of it, but I feel stupid every time I work a game against Fort Wayne because I can't tell what the numbers are, and I always feel like, oh, I thought that was a 2 or a 3 or something like that. Wizards didn't have that problem. Anyway, we're not talking about jersey numbers. I already did that in 36, and I think that was a failure of an episode, like I mentioned last week. But Fort Wayne was in town. Dayton, their losing streak was stretched to 8. I already tell you that Fort Wayne won in very convincing fashion, 10-1. to They scored in all but two innings in that game, Fort Wayne did. And Hunter Green was the starter. Went two innings, struck out five tin caps, but walked two. Gave up four runs on six hits in his two innings of work. And Hunter Green was followed by 2016 Dragon Austin Orweiler. Orweiler has been the guy to follow Hunter Green most of the season. The former Rice University Owl Orweiler. Who also was born in Tiffin, Ohio, but moved very young to Texas. That's an interesting little tidbit, isn't it? Anyway, Hunter Green, I like what I saw of Hunter Green. And I know what I just read to you. If you're a hardcore baseball fan, you're turning your nose and going, Ugh. Two innings, four runs, six hits, and two walks. Couple of the pitch calls, uh, I'm not an umpire, I can't say. I mean, every time I think I know what a strike is, it, it is or it isn't, you know. I'm not an umpire. I'm not here to critique umpires. They do a better job than I ever would. And in fact, I forget how many years ago it was, there was an umpire that got hurt. And the second umpire in Midwest League, you only have the two, the plate and the field ump. The one had to go get home plate umpire stuff and ump the rest of the game. It was only about four innings left, but still, umpires are tough. They have a tough job and they don't get much love. So thank you, umpires, for all you do. I mean, any level, thank you. Anyway, Hunter Green... Used his changeup, I think it was. Used his off-season stuff quite well. Hit a hundred. That was the fastest he can he threw that day. And I think he hit 101 once at fifth third field earlier in the season, which someone said that was the highest. I swear there was 105 at one point. I don't know, but throw high 90s, lower 100s. 18-year-old kid. It's impressive. And what the media raves about him, he's very mature for his age. He's just coming out of high school, and he's jumping into the minor league system of the Cincinnati Reds. He's very mature as well. 
when he sat down with Jack Pole from what I hear from the TV game, I watch it while I work, mainly to see if the score bug is accurate, but also to hear more tidbits about the game, because I, I like learning more about my team and the other team as well. This kid's got a very bright future in Cincinnati. Is it going to happen this year? No. He's going to learn a lot about pitching. The pitching coach, Seth Efferton, later on the TV broadcast, mentioned that he liked the angle and how he threw the ball, Hunter Green. That's something I didn't think about, the angles of the pitch. Still gave up six hits, four runs, and I know, two innings. You're not going to see a lot of innings out of Hunter Green. It's going to build up. And you got to remember, too, his last start was at Lansing. If you don't know much about the Midwest League, Lansing is tearing it up again. Also, the sky is blue. And the moon is shiny. And the sun is bright. And water is wet. Okay, you get the point. Lansing happened to be single A of the Toronto Blue Jays. I always have a real solid club at Lansing. West Michigan's right behind them, too. Single A of the Detroit Tigers. They're always good as well. So Hunter Green, what did I think of him? He's got a bright future in Cincinnati. Was it his best game? No, he went three innings one time. But give this kid time. He's going to grow. He's going to learn more. And he's going to be a dandy. I just hope that he comes up through Cincinnati. So the Dragons drew, what was it, 8,200 plus that night to see Hunter Green pitch. It was a full crowd, too, and it was really cold that night, too. It was cold in the press box, too. But I think Green will have a great future. Let him pitch in single A for a while. When you feel like he's improved, send him down to Advanced Day in Daytona, or Dayton A, as I jokingly call it. He's not going to be in Cincinnati this year. Let him grow and enjoy his progress as a dragon. This is a really solid dragon team. They're one under 500 at the moment. They just snapped an eight game losing streak the dragons did. But Packy Naughton yesterday for Dayton, real solid performance. Three runs, and I think, what was it? Five, six hits? Was it seven hits? I'm not entirely sure, but Packy Naughton had himself a game. He's from Boston, Massachusetts. Ninth round draft pick last season. I think he's going to turn a lot of heads. Because, like I mentioned, came out to the mound, gave up a run, didn't shake him. Came back, did a 1-2-3 inning. He was quite solid. He retired 12-13 of in one stretch. Did have a bad inning in the sixth where he got stuck in a jam. I shouldn't say bad. Because, let's be honest, if I tried to pitch in a single-A ballpark, I'd probably have trouble getting it to the catcher. Let's be honest. But when I say bad, I mean he got in the jam, the bases were loaded, and two runs did score, one on a double play ball. But he did phenomenally well. And Dayton won the game 4-3. to It was a good Dragons win. Although Dragons' bats went cold from the fourth inning on against the bullpen. Fort Wayne had two pitchers. The first one is... Marjovicius, 
spelled Marge and then Vicious with no O and two I's. Marge Vicious. He is from Royalton, Ohio. He's part of the Fort Wayne system, or San Diego system, part of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Actually got the start opening day because he was a former St. Ignatius Wildcat. And their opening day happened to be in Classic Park where St. Ignatius plays. And the owner of Classic Park is a St. I grad. Fort Wayne at Lane County. Pretty cool. Left-hander, bow of the lefties, and like I said, pretty good game. Now the Dragons have to build on that because... Go West, young Dragons! Haven't you been told that's where the Western Division is? If you don't know much about the Midwest League, it is 16 teams... And in the East, it's the one team in Kentucky, the two in Ohio, the three in Michigan, and the two in Indiana. Western Division is Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa. There's four teams in Iowa, Peoria and Kane County in Illinois, and Beloit and Wisconsin, which would be, is it Fox Cities or Appleton? I think it's Appleton. There's your eight out in the West. In the Midwest League, the nicer ballparks around the East, fifth, third field, Constantly complimented that, hey, this could be a triple-A team ballpark. Classic Park's nice. I heard Bowling Green's ballpark's nice. It's shaped like a garage because, you know, hot rods, room, room, cars. I heard Fort Wayne's Parkview Field is very nice. For past few years, Fort Wayne's been second in attendance, only behind the Dragons. South Bend's Four Winds Field. I think that's pretty nice field, although... They had natural grass, went turf for a couple years as the Silverhawks, and then once the Cubs came in, I think they ripped out the turf and went back to natural grass. I know the Michigan ballparks are pretty nice. Dow, Diamond, Great Lakes, Loons, also the station of ESPN, the station that covers the Loons. Lansing, very nice place, very nice ballpark, and they're building apartments just past the outfield wall. West Michigan, Comstark Park. Uh, if you remember a couple years back when it was negative 10 up there, the press box caught on fire, and they rebuilt it, and it's Fifth Third Ballpark. Their logo looked like a slice of pizza, or if you're sticking with baseball, looked like a baseball diamond. Funny that. Actually, a baseball field. Baseball diamond's the infield. Never mind. You know what I'm talking about. The western side, however, this is where you get to your older ballparks. Burlington and Clinton are the two... Road cities that Dayton will hit. They have an off day today, and then tomorrow they'll begin fun in Iowa. First at Burlington. Small market, small ballpark, but it's got that rustic charm to it. And then up the river to Clinton, Iowa. Again, they just put in a video board this year, but it's an older ballpark. You get more of the field of dreams type of thing. If you build it, they will come type of thing. Lumber Kings are off to a great start this year, too. Burlington's in second place in the West, so, you know, second place, first place, punch. And we'll see how the Dragons fare out West. And then they'll come back to Dayton. They'll take on Cedar Rapids and, I think, Peoria. The team that I always say, hey, look, it's it's Marshall from uh, Paw Patrol. I know that because two stepdaughters watch that still. I think I sent that joke to my girlfriend. I think she's like, ha lol. So I don't think she thought it was funny, but, you know. They're the chiefs, and they have a fire down, or a Dalmatian as the fire chief. That's great. I love their logo. 
So yeah, Dayton Dragons, one game under 500, had a winning streak of nine, almost had a losing streak of nine, but they cut it yesterday afternoon in a very short game. By the way, Saturday's game went three hours, 41 minutes, which is, what, 16 minutes, and it would have been the longest game ever in Dragons history. Yeah. So Dayton Dragons baseball continues on. And during the podcast, you'll hear me talk a lot about Dragons baseball because pretty soon, once college baseball is done, we got Dragons, we got Dutch Lions soccer in Cincinnati and Dayton, FC Cincinnati too, and then we're going to be talking about fall sports. Hard to believe in July, it's going to be one year of this podcast. By hard to believe, I mean, I'm surprised I've stuck with this as long as I have as well. So now we'll talk about Thomas More College. It's a college in Northern Kentucky, right by I-75, currently a member of NCAA Division III. So right off the bat, no athletic scholarships. You can get academic scholarships, but no athletic scholarships. They're in the PAC, which I believe is the Presidential Athletic Conference, which is mostly Pennsylvania, maybe New York teams. There's a bit of travel for the Saints of Thomas More. So, right now, Thomas More has left the PAC. That's official. And next year, they're going to be Division Three Independents. And then Thomas More is looking to make a jump in the NI, the NAIA. Tough to say, because I'm forcing myself to say it, I guess. No. NAIA is your alternative to NCAA. You have an NAIA school here in Dayton, the Wilberforce Bulldogs. I think Cincinnati Christian is one, too. I feel like there's one in Cincinnati. I don't know. But they're looking at the Mid-South Conference. And why are they looking at the Mid-South Conference? Well, I'll tell you. Their closest opponent would be about an hour down I-75, the Georgetown College Tigers, which is just right up north over Lexington. Solid program, Georgetown. Campbellsville, right in that area too. Lindsey Wilson's nearby. I think the farthest team or the farthest place to have to travel is northern Georgia. And considering you're in northern Kentucky, that's not too bad. Travel is tough in the PAC when you're in Northern Kentucky and your closest opponent's in Pennsylvania. It's tough. I get that. NAIA, in Division One, you give out 12 scholarships. In Division Two, you give out 6. Thomas More's using this as a way to look at their budget and say, hey, this makes more sense. We can give out some money to the athletes that represent TMC. We don't have to worry about too much travel. Like I said, Northern Georgia and Tennessee is mixed in there too. Most of your opponents will be in Kentucky. Like I said, you can have a non-conference still with Wilberforce. That's not too bad of a trip. That's just up 71 and then... Actually, where'd you go 71? It's right off 42, Wilberforce is, in between Cedarville and Xenia. I don't know. I probably should have looked at a map before I did this. I looked it up for the complex. But there you go. It's not bad travel. You get to offer scholarships. Like I mentioned, Division Three, you can't in NCAA. In AIA, 
Yes, you can. So you save a little bit on travel. You give it back to the students that are representing what it takes to be a Thomas More Saint. Thomas More has done an extremely great job Division 3 with basketball. And I believe both soccer teams have been kicking grass. Ha ha ha! Two minutes in the box. See you in two. No, I'm just kidding. Now, when I first saw that Thomas More was going to be leaving the PAC, I thought, what about the Ohio Athletic Conference? Or the NCAC? I think it's NCAC. North Coast Athletic Conference. Yeah, North Coast Athletic Conference. I'm happy I got that right. Look at me. Those are two of the Division Three conferences in Ohio. For the OAC, you got Wilmington nearby. NCAC, you have... Make sure you... Is it NCAC or is it Heartland? I think that's what Earlham used to be in. I think. Probably should have done research on that so I didn't have to sound like a buffling idiot on here, but whatever. I was wondering... Now, with the OAC, you have Ohio schools. You go as far north as, I think, John Carroll's in Cleveland, and then... Is Wilmington the furthest south? There's Marietta. I'm trying to think of all the OAC schools right off the bat. They're all in Ohio. So you know it's you're in state. There's not a lot of travel. The farthest travel you'll do is north side of the state to south side of the state. Thomas More in Northern Kentucky, it's not bad. I feel like Northern Kentucky, you know, is like Cincinnati in a mirror type of thing. I don't know if the OAC would ever go for it because they're not in Ohio. I get that. NCAC, your closest foe would be Wittenberg, Earlham, Richmond, Indiana, Springfield, Ohio. Not bad. Cincinnati. I mean, Richmond, you could take, what is it, 227 in terms of the 177 and then 127 or find the highway. You could do that. Springfield's just off I-70, Wittenberg's downtown. So, I feel, though, after thinking about it in my head for a while before doing this episode, I thought NIA does make sense. They'd stay competitive. They'd cut down on travel by a lot. And scholarships. Again, for Division One NC for Division One NAIA, not NCAA, <clears throat> you get to offer twelve. And I remember this is from acquirer.com. Division one and NAIA is twelve, division two six. It looks like it's a done deal. It's not stamp it in the books, let's go, as of a couple days ago when I wrote up the episode notes. Looks like it will happen. Thomas More is just making sure that they don't they don't hurt themselves for the independent year in Division Three. So that's what's going on, Thomas More College. When things update, I'll put it on here because they are a Cincinnati Dayton sports team. And I know you're looking at me, but they're in Northern Kentucky, they're not Cincinnati. I also talk about Richmond, Indiana sports, but that's part of the Miami Valley. There you go. My span spans a lot, and that's saying something, because today I was talking about a department store closing for about 10 minutes. We talked about Wright State and Dayton baseball. 
We talked about Hunter Green and the Dayton Dragons. And we're going to keep it with the wonderful spring and summer sports. Baseball and softball. We'll tell you who will be playing in the 2018 Baseball Sectional Tournament Brackets. Those have been released. And all the links on swdab.org are red. There's one that was revised on the 18th. So I'd like to go ahead and share that with you. We'll start with Division 1. This is Cincinnati 1 and 2 bracket. Cincinnati 1 takes on Cincinnati 4. Cincinnati 2 takes on Dayton 1. Now these games, I believe, there's no site listed, so I believe all these games are at 5. Less noted. There's no notes about time, so there you go. Trying to look to see where these are held. Normally, when I did this for basketball, there was a location to talk about. And hockey, it was, you know, Columbus, since that's, you know, our high hockey teams. I'm not seeing a location on swdab.org. I have to assume... The manager is Todd Grimm. He used to be the AD at Eaton. Now he's at Hamilton, I believe. But more information, swdab.org. We'll just go over the brackets and make me not sound like an idiot. So for Cincinnati 1, your by team will be number 4, Elder, who's 14-6. and six. And in Cincinnati 2, it's number 2, Moeller, at 12-6. and six. We'll start off with Cincinnati 1. Remember, the winner of this bracket takes on Cincinnati 4. These games are Tuesday, May the 8th, as you'll have the Anderson Redskins go against the Middletown Middies. You'll also have the Milford Eagles taking on the Withrow Tigers. Anderson 12-8, and Middletown 7-16, and Milford 13-6, and Withrow 0-14. The winner of Anderson and Middletown will take on Elder, by the way. And the winner of Milford and Withrow will take on the winner of West Claremont, 15-8, and 9-6, and Western Hills. The six teams, the three games I mentioned, Tuesday, May the 8th, and then the winners will play Thursday, May the 10th. The winner of the semis in the sectional will play Thursday, May 17th, for a chance to play Saturday, May 19th, against whoever wins Cincinnati 4's bracket. For Cincinnati 2, like I mentioned, Archbishop Muller will play May the 10th against the winner of Walnut Hills, 8-12 and 12, against 6-10 and 10 Northwest. And then you'll have Lakota West, 12-9, and 9, take on 6-5 and 5 Winton Woods. If you're surprised about these low numbers, don't be surprised. We've had a very wet spring, and it can knock it off any time it likes. Lakota West, Winton Woods will take on the winner of 16-7 and seven Kings and 6-8 and eight Western Brown. Winner of those games play Thursday, May 10th. Muller will take on the winner of Walnut Hills and Northwest, May the 10th. The six teams playing those three games Tuesday, May the 8th. That is Cincinnati 1 and 2 in Division 1. Now for Cincinnati 3. Also, manager Todd Grimm, these games are at 5 unless... They're noted not to be at 5, and there's no notes, so there you go. Winner of Cincinnati 3's bracket plays Dayton 2 on the 19th of May. Tomorrow it's going to be May. 
Lakota East has the bye. They're 15-3. and three, And they'll take on the winner of Little Miami and Fairfield. Indians 7-11. and 11, Little Miami Panthers 9-11. and 11. They'll play Tuesday, May 8th. And then number 8, Loveland, 14-5, and five, takes on LaSalle at 10-10. And, and then Coleraine will battle Hamilton. Cardinals 13-6, and six, Big Blue of Hamilton 10-7. and seven. That's Cincinnati 3 wrapped up. Now we go to Cincinnati 4-5. and five. Wow, Cincinnati's got five brackets in Division 1. Five. Cincinnati 4's winner again plays Cincinnati 1. Cincinnati 5's winner plays Dayton 3. Starting off with Cincinnati 4, there are two by teams. Hamilton Baton or Stephen T. Baton High School, as it says on rosters. No one calls it that. It's just Hamilton Baton or just Baton. I think most people just call it Baden. I call it Hamilton Baden because people's like, where's Baden at? It's in Hamilton. The Rams are 15 and 5, and the ever buy in Cincinnati 4 is St. X. St. Xavier Bombers, 11 and 5. Baden will await the winner of Harrison and Princeton. Vikings, 2 and 13. Harrison, 13 and 6. They'll play Tuesday, May the 8th, and the winner plays May the 10th against Baden. And St. X will wait to May the 10th to take on the. Winner of Sycamore and Talawanda. The Braves of Oxford, Talawanda, 9-10 against the Aves of Sycamore, 6-12. That's a May 8th battle Tuesday. Winner of those games will play St. X and Baden, like I mentioned, May the 10th. And then they'll wait a week, whoever wins those games, to play each other for a chance to battle Cincinnati 1's victor. Now for Cincinnati 5. Winner takes on Dayton 3 on the 19th. These two games... Tuesday, May the 8th, Lebanon and Franklin, a good Warren County battle there. Wildcats 9-9, nine and nine, also a team I got to see at Wright State, part of the Reds High School's Future Showcase. Again, the folks that run it, thank you for letting me announce it for the third year. It's really cool. Lebanon, 9-7, and seven, and the winner of that has 16-5 and five Mason and the Comets weighing for them on Thursday, May the 10th. Oak Hills is the other bye team in Cincy 5. And on May the 8th, it'll be Turpin and Edgewood squaring off. Spartans of Turpin 8 and 12. Cougars of Edgewood 9 and 10. Winner takes on 11 and 8. Highlanders of Oak Hills. And then the winners play May the 17th. And then the victor of Dayton 3, which we'll find out a little bit. Now for Dayton 1 and 2. We got two more brackets in Division 1. And your bye teams in Dayton 1 and 2 will be the Springboro Panthers, 19 and 6. The Vandalia Butler Aviators, 13 and 9. Beaver Creek, 13 and 3. Centerville, 10 and 8. I got to see Beaver Creek and Centerville battle at the Reds High School Future Showcase of Wright State. So we'll talk about your May 8th games now. Sydney, 7 and 8, takes on Kettering Fairmont or Ket Fairmont. Kettering's a long word in itself, 8 and 10. And the winner of that game plays May the 10th against Springboro, who's the number one seed. Tecumseh, 9-6, and six, takes on 3-10 and ten Stebbins. Winner of that game on May the 8th, which is a Tuesday, battles Vandalia Butler May the 10th. Now the Dayton 2, Beaver Creek and Centerville with the buys. It'll be the Wildcats of Springfield squaring off with the Belmont Bison. 3-5 and five are Belmont. Again, it's been a tough year for baseball. In fact, there's a lot of teams that I follow on Facebook and like, well, this game's called, this game's called, this game's called. We're going to push it back. Oh, wait, rain. This game's called. Like I said, this spring hasn't been nice. Today's nice. We have the windows open here, and it's pretty nice. Did I mention it's nice yet? 
Springfield, 7-12, and 12, takes on 3-5 and five Belmont. Winner of that game on Tuesday, May the 8th, takes on 13-3 and three Beaver Creek. And 10-8 and eight Centerville and the Elks will wait for the winner of 7-12 and 12 Picra and 4-11 and 11 Carroll and the Patriots, the Piqua Indians. They fell to a tough Tippecanoe team at Reds High School Futures Showcase. In fact, I think that was the only run rule game. This tip scored 14 runs in two innings against the Indians. This is at Fairborn, by the way. I just looked at the tab, and it says BB Div 1 Fairborn. Just so you know. Fairborn's baseball field, if you've never been, by the way, it's pretty nice. The Miami Valley Prospects asked me to PA their Fall World Series from there. It's pretty nice. It's right behind the high school. I don't know if you can really see it on 675. Don't try to look if you're driving. Drive, please. But it's behind the high school field if you don't the high school field. The high school, if you don't believe me, the field is. And Dayton 3. This says BBD1 Dayton 3. So your two bye teams, there's just four games to open up May the 8th. And the bye teams are 12-6 and six Troy and 11-9 Northmont. By the way, Chuck Harlow, before the Northmont-Centerville game, the Reds High School's Futures game, I should say. The Elks honored Coach Harlow for his 700th win. This is a coach that's been with Northmont since the mid-1980s. Good guy, and great to see that he was honored before the game. I got to announce that. I'm trying to find a video of that so you know I can share it, but that was really cool. I still have the text of the script. But we have Fairborn, 10 and 10, taking on 16 and 6 Xenia, a Green County battle there. Buccaneers, 16 and 6, Skyhawks, 10 10, winner of that on Tuesday, May the 8th. Battles, 12 and 6, Troy and the Trojans. And the Miamisburg Vikings, 6 and 7, will square off against the 7 11 Wayne Warriors, a battle of Miamisburg versus Huber Heights. Winner of that takes on Northmont, who's at 11 and 9. And that is Division One Baseball. But don't you go anywhere. Division Two is up next. Hey, did you miss me? I hope not, because there's no breaks in this podcast. We'll go on to Division Two. There's Divisions One, Two, Three, and Four. Four brackets in, well, four division brackets in Division Two. And we'll start off with Cincinnati One and Two. There are two teams with buys. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy and the Eagles are 17-3. and They have the number one seed in Cincinnati 1. And your other buy team is Ross and the Rams of... It's a little village called Ross. Some people call it Hamilton Ross. Some people would be technically wrong, but... I bet most people, when asked, Hey, where's the village of Ross at? Probably can't point it out. 27 runs through it. I think there's a Wendy's there. My dad works near there now. He works at the mound sometimes, and then there's a site south of Ross. But there you go, Ross Rams 16-2. So we'll start off with the Tuesday, May 8th games. The top part of the bracket looks like it's at Milford High School. Although that's the Thursday, May 17th games. Here's your Tuesday, May 8th games for Cincinnati 1. It'll be Taft against Clinton Massey. The Senators' record is not listed. Clinton Massey and the Falcons are 8-8. Winner takes on CHCA 
again 17 and 3. Wilmington 8 and 5 in the Hurricane will battle the Braves of Indian Hills 7 and 8. And to close out Cincinnati 1, it's Woodward 4 and 4 against 17 and 5 Bishop Fenwick. And those are Tuesday, May the 8th. Winner of Wilmington Indian Hill slash Woodward Bishop Fenwick battles May the 10th. And CHCA waits for Taft Clinton Massey's winner on the 10th. And then move on to May 17th. I guess this is at Milford. And then we'll take on the Kenton Ridge bracket winner. That's near Springfield. For Cincinnati 2, 3-13 and 13 Bactavia will take on 9-9 nine nine Roger Bacon. Winner of that. We'll play Ross May the 10th. Again, the Rams are 16-2. Taylor, 13-3, battles 6-2 Schroeder. And 7-7 Wyoming and the Cowboys has Summit Country Day at 15-5. Winner of Cincinnati 2's bracket battles the Division 2 Dayton 1 bracket. We're in Division 2. I'd open a new tab. That's weird. Cincinnati 3, this is one that was revised a couple days ago. New Richmond's got the lone by the Lions of New Richmond, 16-3. and They'll wait the winner of 4-14, and Mount Healthy and the Owls, against Norwood at 5-6 and and the Indians. And your other May 8th games, Mount Healthy and Norwood's May 8th, New Richmond versus that winner, May 10th. Monroe, 11-2, the Hornets. They had a very good game against the Franklin Wildcats. Scored a couple runs quick in the first inning. And won that game against Franklin. They'll take on 4-1 and one Hughes. And then McNicholas, the Rockets are 5-9, and nine, taking on 8-12 and 12 Goshen. Winner of Monroe Hughes, McNicholas, Goshen play May 10th. Winner of that game versus New Richmond. And the first game, May 17th at Princeton. And the winner gets to play the winner of Dayton 2. Which we'll talk about now. That was Cincinnati 3. This is Dayton 1-2. and two. Where Tippecanoe and Chaminade Julian have the buys. Tippecanoe 19 and 2. And Chaminade Julian 10 and 3. We'll start off with Dayton 1. The winner of this bracket plays Cincinnati 2 in Division 2. Kettering Archbishop Alter 1 and 13. Takes on 0 and 4 Thurgood Marshall. Winner of that gets the Red Devils, who were very impressive. I swear their players were all like 6 foot 6 and were running like they were 5 foot 6. Just. Incredible speed. That's a compliment, by the way. I promise that's a compliment. Tippecanoe won that Reds High School's Future Showcase game, the only one that was ran ruled at Wright State this year. 14-1. to Bellbrook, the Golden Eagles are 6-12. and They'll take on 10-5 and Ponix Tech and the Golden Panthers. And the Pirates of West Carrollton, 4-15, and take on 7-7 and Eaton. Dayton, 2 by the way, Dayton 1's bracket winner plays, takes on Cincinnati 2. Dayton 2, Shamanah Julian 10 and 3's got the bye. Your Tuesday, May 8th games are as follows. 4 and 13, Valley View and the Spartans takes on 1 and 12, Trotwood Madison. Meadowdale and the Lions, their record's not listed on the bracket. They'll take on the Green Wave of Greenville, who are 7 and 10. And 0 and 4, Dunbar and the Wolverines will square off with 11 and 8, Oakwood and the Lumberjacks. Winner of Dayton 2 will take on Cincinnati 3, and the game to decide the winner of Dayton 2 will be played at Eaton, Dayton 1, at Miamisburg. This is Division 2 as we move on to Kenton Ridge. That's Springfield, or Urbana as it says. It's, it's Springfield, let's be honest. Your bye 
Kenton Ridge, the Cougars are 13-3. and They got the number one seed. And they'll take on the winner of Urbana and the Hill Climbers, 7-10, and or the 6-9 Graham Falcons. These three games will be played May the 8th. Kenton Ridge will have to play on the 10th against the winner of Urbana Graham. Springfield Shawnee, or Clark Shawnee. I don't know what the right thing to say is anymore. There's several Shawnees around here. There's Preble Shawnee, Springfield slash Clark Shawnee, Lima Shawnee, Shawnee Shawnee. No, I'm sorry, that's not a real school. Neither is Dilly Dilly, but I had to say that on my podcast. What was I saying? Oh yeah, Springfield Shawnee nine and seven against twelve and eight Northwestern and the Warriors. Bell Fountain four and nine taking on fourteen and three Benjamin Logan and the Raiders. Winner of the Kenton Ridge bracket takes on Cincinnati one. And that closes out your sectional brackets for Division 2. Let's move on to Division 3, shall we? There are three Cincinnati brackets and five Dayton brackets. Hold on, it's a bumpy ride, especially if I mix up the names and stutter like I always do. Your buys in Cincinnati for Division 3, Cincinnati Country Day, 10-4, and 8-7 and seven, East Clinton and the Astros, 10-6 and six, Blanchester, and 9-10 and ten, Claremont Northeastern. Your Monday, May 7th games, all the first round games have been Tuesday, May the 8th, but these are next week. May is tomorrow. May 7th is next week. Hold on to your butts. This year's going fast. Fayetteville, 4-8, and eight, takes on 2-14 and 14 Georgetown. Winner of that gets 10-4 and four Cincinnati Country Day. And then East Clinton, 8-7, and seven, will take on the winner of 1-5 Finneytown and 10-4 and Bethel Tayton, the Tigers. Not to be confused with Bethel and the Bees. Bethel is north of Huber Heights, Bethel Tate's somewhere around the Cincinnati area. That's Cincinnati 1, winner of Cincinnati 1, which will be determined May 16th at Milford, will take on Dayton 4 in Division 3's bracket. There are five Dayton brackets for Division 3. Now for Cincy 2... Blanchester, Claremont, Northeastern have the buys. On May the 7th, it's Clark Montessori. Montessori. Looks like Montessori. Give me a break. Montessori at 6-8 and eight, takes on 1-8 and eight, North College Hill and the Trojans. And Marymount and the Warriors, 8-10, and 10, takes on the Cavaliers of Purcell Marion, 5-9. and nine. Winner of Clark Montessori and North College Hill gets Blanchester at 10 and 6. 9 and 10 Claremont Northeastern waits for Marymont and Purcell Marion. The Wednesday, May 16th game to determine who wins the D3 Cincinnati 2 bracket will be at Kings. So, you know, go watch a baseball game at Kings and then go Kings Island or vice versa. And then we'll get the winner of Dayton 3. These ones do not open in new tabs in Google Chrome. Interesting. Here's Cincinnati 3. You'll have one game on Monday, May the 7th. There are three teams that don't have to play the first game. It's Reading and Williamsburg, although there looks like there was a spot for a Monday, May 7th game, but it's whited out. It'll be Riverview East at 10-4 and four against 12-3 and three Madeira, Monday, May the 7th. Madeira being the high school home of one Andrew Benetetti. Benetetti? Boston Red Sox. Great player in Cincinnati. Now great player with the Boston Red Sox. Also, before I continue, can someone tell me why the Boston Red Sox hashtag is dirty water? I don't quite get that. I mean, you know, traditions. 
I just don't know what it is. Someone educate me on dirty water. So Wednesday, May the 9th in Cincy 3's bracket, Redding 8 and 9 takes on Williamsburg 3 and 10, and Aiken 6 and 6 takes on the winner of Riverview East and Madeira. And the winner of those games will play Wednesday, May 16th at Indian Hill, and the winner of that takes on Dayton 2's bracket, which we'll talk now. Like I mentioned, there's five of these. Here's Dayton 1 and 2, and Google Chrome has asked me, do I want to translate this page? Looks like it's all in English. I can't really read any other language, so no thanks. I say as, you know, I think that Google Chrome can hear my voice through the blue snowball mic that I have. It'll be cool, though. So you'll have two games to open up the play for Division Three Dayton 1 and 2. You'll start off with the Bethel Bees, 3-16, and 16, taking on 2-4 and four Stivers. Winner of that game will play May the 9th against the Middletown Madison Mohawks. 16-2 and two is the Mohawks. And on the other side of that bracket is 8-7 and seven Greenan against 2-16 and 16 Northridge. That's a battle of the Greenan Knights and the Northridge Polar Bears. Winner of that game takes on the winner of Madison slash Bethel Stivers. And then the winner of that game battles Dayton 5's bracket. For Dayton 2, they'll have the winner of Cincinnati 3, and it starts off with 8-8 eight eight, Twin Valley South and the Panthers of West Alexandria, Ohio, my hometown. Hi, West Alex. And they'll take on 9-4 West Liberty Salem and the Tigers. That is number 10, West Liberty Salem against number 18, TVS. Winner of that game plays May the 9th, that Panthers-Tigers game May 7th, by the way. Winner of that game takes on 14-5 Northeastern. And on the other side of the Dayton 2 is 11-3 Waynesville and the Spartans take it on 1-15 Indian Lake and the Lakers. And the winner of the bracket takes on Cincinnati 3's winner. Now on to Dayton 3. Click. There we go. You'll start off May the 7th. Preble Shawnee and the Arrows are 6-7. and seven. I told you there's a couple Shawnee schools. They'll take on Houston, not to be confused with Houston. Houston and the Wildcats who are 5-9. and nine. Winner of Preble Shawnee Housen will take on 12 and 6 Carlisle and the Indians. And on the other side, you got a good battle of National Trail 9 and 4 against the Blue Devils of Brookville 8 and 6. Winner of the Dayton 3 Division 3 bracket takes on Cincy 2. Now for Dayton 4 and 5. This is listed as new page 1. Cool. Dayton 4, you start off with one game May the 7th. 7-7 seven seven Greenview takes on 7-7 seven seven Troy Christian. And the winner of that will play May the 9th against 10-6 Anna and the Rockets. Other side of the Anna game will be 12-5 Dayton Christian and the Warriors taking on 8-7 Miami East and the Vikings. Winner of the Dayton 4 bracket has Cincy 1. And Dayton 5's bracket takes on Dayton 1's winner. Starts off May the 7th. Nine and eight teams, Mechanicsburg Indians against the Bulldogs of Milton Union. Winner of that gets nine and four Arcanum. Other side, you have the Dixie Greyhounds, who are zero and fourteen, taking on the Versailles Tigers at eleven and three. That's Division Three all wrapped up on four and five. Now for the last baseball sectional brackets. Division Four, just three, and this is your Cincinnati Division Four bracket. Starts off May the seventh at Lachlan. 2-11 Tigers. Yeah, Lachlan. Actually, I don't know if they're the Tigers. I think they're the Panthers. I get Lock and Loveland confused. 
I know it's a couple letters, and I know I shouldn't. I know where Lachlan is. It's where 75 splits up a little bit before you hit Cincinnati Zoo and the old exit to Cincinnati Gardens, which, by the way, is tore down. It looks sad. I don't agree that it should have been torn down, but I'm just a podcaster. The Miami Valley Rams, 5-8, and eight, take on Lachlan, 2-11 at Lachlan, May the 7th, and that's a 5 o'clock game in Cincy. And then that starts off Cincinnati 1's bracket. Winner of that game takes on 8-7, and seven, 7 Hills and the Stingers on May the 9th. Opposite of Felicity Franklin, 1-7 and seven against 5-9 and nine Deer Park. And on Cincinnati 2, you start off May the 9th. No May 7th games for Cincinnati 2's Division 4 bracket. Cincinnati Christian, 9-6 and six against 0-10 St. Bernard. I think it's the Titans, but I still wish that St. Bernard's team was called the St. Bernard's. The St. Bernard's, St. Bernard's! That'd be great to announce. I say as I'm losing focus. Winner of that game will play at Midland Field number 2 Wednesday, May 16th, and they'll take on the winner of 6-12, and 12, New Miami and the Vikings against Ripley Union Lewis, who's 1-11. Winner of Cincinnati 2's bracket has Dayton 1. Winner of Cincinnati 1 has Dayton 3. Now on for Dayton 1 and 2 for Division 4. Why not? The teams that will not be playing May the 7th, they'll get a bye, if you will. Newton, Franklin Monroe, Tri-Village, Yellow Springs, and Tri-County North. Here we go with the Monday, May 7th games. Again, all games at 5, unless there's a note. And I'm not seeing a note on here, so there we go. You'll have Springfield Catholic Central and the Irish, 2-11, and 11, take on Southeastern at 6-11. and 11. You'll have Middletown Christian, 6-4, and 4, taking on Emmanuel Christian, that is Springfield's school against Middletown Christian. And both those games, May the 7th, winner of Southeastern Springfield Catholic Central has 16-1 and Newton and the Indians. Good year up there in Pleasant Ridge? I think it's Pleasant Ridge. Yeah, I think so. And the winner of Middletown Christian, Emmanuel Christian, has Franklin Monroe. The Jets are 10-7. and And that's Dayton 1, the... Determining game to see who's going to take on Cincinnati 2's winner in Division 4 will be at Duke Park in Troy on May the 16th. And then there's Cincinnati 2 waiting for you two days later. Now for Dayton 2, it starts off with Legacy Christian, which is Xenia Christian's old name. Well, new name. Xenia Christian was Legacy Christian. Never mind. Legacy Christian 4-6 and six, taking on Cedarville in the Indians at 2-14. and 14. Winner of that game on May the 7th will play May the 9th against 10-6 and 6, Tri-County North out of Lewisburg, which is north of, my high, uh, north of my hometown, but they follow me on Twitter, so I follow along with that. It's pretty cool. And opposite of TCN versus the winner, it will be 8-7 and 7, Tri-Village and the Patriots going against the Bulldogs of Yellow Springs at 2-15. and 15. The game to determine the winner of Dayton 2 and the winner of the rings, I guess, will take on Dayton 4. That'll be at Covington High School May 16th. Winner of that game plays Dayton 4's winner Friday, May 18th. Let's talk about Dayton 4 first, but there's Dayton 3. Dayton 3 will have Cincinnati 1, and the deciding factor will be at Newton High School. Rushi and Lehman Catholic... Will wait to play May the 9th. They'll wait on the games of Riverside 5 and 7 against Fairlawn 2 and 10. Winner takes on the Rushi Raiders at 11 and 5. And Lehman Catholic 
Is it Cavaliers? I think they're the Cavaliers. Lehman Catholic, 10 and 5. They'll wait the winner of Jackson Center, 3 and 9, and 1 and 13, Covington and the Buccaneers. That's Dayton 3. Dayton 4. The bye teams are 12 and 5, Fort Loramie, and 8 and 7, Triad. Bakins and Ansonia square off May the 7th. The Trojans of Bakins are 2 and 10, and Sonia Tigers are 3 and 15. Bradford's 5 and 10. They'll take on 9 and 6, Mississinawa Valley. That's a good CCC battle there. Winner of that gets 8 and 7, Triad and the Cardinals. Bakins and Sonia's winner gets 12 and 5, Fort Loramie and the Redskins. The game to determine who has won Dayton 3 is at Newton. Brackets. And I look on here, it's an hour and 11. One hour and 11 minutes into the episode. Is there another point I was supposed to talk about today? Oh yeah, I'm supposed to talk about the Bengals draft picks too. That's it for high school baseball. Now how about some high school softball? Lots of brackets here. And we'll start off with Division 1 in Cincinnati. Just like baseball, straight through. It starts Monday, May the 7th. All games begin at 5, unless there's a note on here saying it doesn't, and there's no note on here. Of course, this is all determined what's going to happen weather-wise. We have technology that can tell you, hey, in two months there's going to be lightning or something. Maybe not that long, but you get my point. I just take it day in, day out type of thing. We'll start off with the bye teams of Cincinnati. There's one in the one bracket, Fairfield Indians, 14 and 6. In Cincinnati, too, you have two, Lakota West, 13 and 3, and Hamilton, 6 and 12. When I say bye, I mean you don't play the first day or the first game of the bracket. You wait for a winner of some type. That's what I mean when I say bye. So don't think it's like, oh, they're the number one seed, so they get a bye. And then you're reading, oh, they're 0 and 12. Why are they getting a bye? Let's do some withdrawings. Maybe I should interview someone to get that information because I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's drawings, who's got a venue or something like that. Someone can correct me and shout profanity at me. That's fine. So it'll start off with McAuley, 9 and 6. McAuley? McAuley. Girls only school in Cincinnati. I think that's how you say it. They'll take on 6 and 9 Mount Healthy and the Owls. Whenever that game gets Fairfield, and to close out Cincinnati 1, it'll be Western Brown, 18-2 and two, against 0-12 Withrow. 3-13 Walnut Hills squares off with 12-6 Oak Hills. Battle of the Hills in Cincinnati. Winner of those last two games play May the 9th, and the winner of the May 9th games will play at Lakota West on May the 14th and square off with the winner of Dayton 1's bracket. Cincinnati 2, Lakota West and Hamilton await these games. Turpin, 6-11, takes on Seton... 3-13, and 13. that's not Seton Catholic in Richmond. That's the Seton, I know. I think this is Cincinnati. Is it girls only school again? I know there's Macaulay and Mother of Mercy, Mount Notre Dame. I'm not 100% sure. Turpin, Seton, and then you have 5-15 and 15 Coleraine squaring off with 12-5 and 5 Anderson. The winner of the Coleraine Cardinals, Anderson Redskins, get Hamilton, 6-12, and 12. And Lakota West awaits the winner of Turpin and Seton. The championship of Cincinnati 2's sectional will be played at Harrison High School. The Cincinnati 1 will be at Lakota West, if I didn't mention that. Cincinnati 2 takes on Dayton 2. Now for Cincinnati 3 and 4. There's five brackets in Cincinnati for Division 1. 
Mount Notre Dame and Kings get the bye in Cincinnati 3 and Cincinnati 4. It's 17-2 Mason and 4-14 four and Sycamore. The first games, May the 7th, again, all of them are at 5. You have Lakota East, 13-3, squared off with 2-5 and five, Winton Woods and the Warriors. And then you have Little Miami, 12-4, against 5-8 and eight, Wilmington. Lakota East and Winton Woods, the winner of that game takes on Mount Notre Dame. I'm patting myself on the back, because normally I just read it on the bracket. I forget it's Notre Dame. It's not Notre Dame. Or Notre Dame. It, sorry, it's a bad joke. Kings, 11-5, waits the winner of Little Miami and Wilmington. If the Panthers win, that's a good, fairly local battle, I think. I don't know. Cincinnati, 4, you got Mason and Sycamore weighing the buys. It's Oxford, Talawanda, 6-14 against Mother of Mercy, 6-12. Hey, that was white. I thought one of the girls' only schools closed. I'm not sure. Loveland, 5-9, and nine, will take on 8-10 and 10, Edgewood. Winner of the Loveland Tigers and the Edgewood Cougars gets Sycamore. Winner of Talawanda and Mother of Mercy has Mason. And the deciding game is at Lebanon High School for Cincinnati 4. It's at Hamilton for Cincinnati 3. Cincinnati 3 will take on Cincinnati 5's bracket winner. Dayton 3 awaits Cincinnati 4. Onwards to Cincinnati 5. There's one bracket. Milford and Ursuline Academy. There's another one I forgot. Milford 12 and 7 are the Eagles, Ursuline Academy 13 and 3, West Claremont versus St. Ursula. There's St. Ursula. That's the high school my cousin graduated from. And getting off topic, my cousin just graduated from the University of Cincinnati. I saw her pictures like, wow, I'm old. My youngest cousin that lives in Cincinnati has two more years at UC, and then he's going to graduate, and then I'm going to be out of school for 10 years. Oi. Oh yeah, West Claremont eleven and six. The Wolves will take on St. Ursula five and nine. Winner gets Milford on the ninth, and the Princeton Vikings three and fourteen take on the Wildcats of Harrison twelve and five. Ursuline Academy thirteen and three await that game. The deciding game for Cincinnati three's battle will be at Sycamore. Now to Dayton one and two. By the way, I should be watching out to see where these games might be at right state because I get to do some of those sometimes, and it's really, really cool. I like doing them. I just don't like the fact when I ask the player how to say her last name, I have people come up and scream in my face, You're saying it wrong! No, I'm saying how she said it. I know I probably shouldn't air that on the podcast, but eh. So for Dayton 1, Miamisburg's got the bye. The Vikings are 10-7. And, and Dayton 2, Springboro 6-10. And, and Middletown 11-11 have the first round byes. It starts off May the 7th, back to Dayton 1. As Lebanon 14-2 has 4-13 Stebbins. Winner of the Warriors and Indians game has the Miamisburg Vikings on the 9th. Xenia and Beaver Creek, a Green County battle again. Bucks 10-7, Beaver 7-7. And the winner of that game waits the winner of Tecumseh and the Arrows 7-5 against 3-14 West Carrollton and the Pirates. The deciding game to see who takes on Cincinnati 1's bracket winner is at Kettering Fairmont High School, May 14th. Dayton 2, Springboro 6-10 awaits the winner of Kettering Fairmont 12-3. By the way, Fairmont and Springboro was the only game, the softball game, that I couldn't make because that was the same time as the baseball games are going to Nishwood Stadium. It's, it stunk that I couldn't do all six games, but 
I literally can't run to and from the softball stadium and the baseball stadium to do that. And before you say, I could if I ran really fast, I can't run fast anymore, especially up that hill. It looks like it's a short distance, but you have that hill and then you have to walk a little bit more because that's the only entrance to Nishwood Stadium. I'm sorry, that's not relevant. 12 and 3 Firebirds of Kettering Fairmont take on Vandalia Butler at 11 and 9. Winner gets Springboro. And Middletown awaits the winner of 9 and 7 Wayne and 8 and 11 Sydney. Onwards to State and 3. I already forgot we did Cincinnati 5. They get on a tangent, then I forget what I'm talking about. That's not great. Springfield and Centerville await winners as Northmont, 11 and 7, takes on 6 and 12 Piqua. Winner takes on 6 and 9 Springfield on the 9th. And May the 7th, Troy, 10 and 9, takes on 10 and 7 Fairborn. Winner gets 5 and 10 Centerville. And the May 14th game to decide who's playing the Cincinnati 4 bracket winner will be played at Miamisburg High School, Ohio's Star City. There's no stars in Miamisburg. I drive around there, there's no stars. Stars in the sky. I, I don't know. Never mind me. Division 2 will start with Cincinnati. All these games are Tuesday, May the 8th. Looks like they're all at 5 o'clock. There's no notes. And we'll start with Cincinnati 1. Clinton Massey, the only team in Cincinnati 1 with a bye. Falcons are a very impressive 19-1. and 1. They'll take on the winner of Northwest, 5-10, and 10, against the Cowgirls of Wyoming, 7-6. and 6. And that's a Tuesday, May 8th game. Redding's got New Richmond, 11-4 Redding against 9-10 New Richmond. Nick Mick Nicholas, not Nick Nicholas, as I was about to say over the microphone. Mick Nicholas, 12-5 against Goshen, 9-6. Winner of this bracket takes on Dayton 3, and they'll play at Milford High School to determine who gets to keep playing and who is done for 2018. Cincinnati 2, Indian Hills got the lone bye at 1-12. They'll take on the winner of 6-6, Roger Bacon, against Hamilton Ross at 15-2. Taylor, 11-3, has 10-6, Norwood. And Hamilton Bayton, 16-3, has 0-13, Bactavia. The championship game of the sectional at Cincinnati 2 is at Kings. And winner takes on the winner of Dayton 1, which we'll talk about right now. This is Division 2 again. Ponix Tech, Bellbrook, Archbishop Alter, and Valley View have the first round buys. You'll start off Division 1 Tuesday, May 8th. Trotwood Masson 0 13 against 18 4 Greenville. I saw Greenville beat Northmont 2 1. Very impressive game for the Green Wave. Out hit by Northmont, but what a great duel that was. Greenville's got Trotwood Masson. That's a G Walk battle. Winner takes on Ponix Tech at 2 8. And the Carroll Patriots 4 9 take on the Stivers Tigers at 7 2. Winner will face the Bellbrook Golden Eagles. Dayton 2, Archbishop Alter and Valley View have the buys. The Knights at 3-11 take on 10-2 Monroe and the Hornets against 0-6 Thurgood Marshall and the Cougars. And Valley View at 3-12 await the winner of Chaminade Julian 6-8 and 7-11 Franklin. The championship game of the sectional for Dayton 1 is at Tippecanoe. At Dayton 2 is at Lebanon. And Dayton 1 has Cincinnati 2, Dayton 2 has Tecumseh's bracket, which we'll read after Dayton 3. Eaton and Oakwood lead things off, if you follow me on Twitter, which you should. It's very entertaining, I assure you. It's quite bland, I assure you. If you're looking for prizes at the end of the podcast, there are none. 
only more cardboard. I'm sorry. Uh, it's eaten in Oakwood. If if you've been on my Twitter, you saw that I retweeted that. I think it's my cousin Eddie Mallon that writes for the Registered Herald, which is Eaton's paper. And I think that's his daughter, Becca Mallon, that catches and caught the perfect game and no-hitter. I think I talked about this last week. It's on Pal Item 2. Jesus Jimenez wrote about it. Eddie Mallon wrote about it, too. Eaton Scott Oakwood, May the 8th. That's at 5. Eagles are 10-3, and three, and Lumberjills are 2-11. and 11. Winner takes on 9-3 and three, Bishop Fenwick. And on the other side of the bracket will be Tipkanoo, 12-7 and seven against 5-4 and four Belmont. And the winner of those will play May the 15th at Dixie High School in scenic New Lebanon. You go north-south through town, you miss it, and you blink, you miss it. You go west and east, and it feels like the longest town you've ever been in. Then again, there's only one true in-and-out road west and east, and that's 35. Winner of Dayton 3 has Cincinnati 1. Now for Tecumseh's bracket. They got Dayton 2, and the championship game of that bracket will be played at Urbana. This is the Tecumseh bracket, as Kenton Ridge and Bell Fountain. Cougars are 14-1, Chieftains of Bell Fountain are 5-12, winner gets 10-5, Benjamin Loken and the Raiders. And your two other games, May the 8th. Northwestern, 11-5, has 8-5, Greenan, and 11-4, Graham has 10-9, Springfield Shawnee. Now we move on to Division 3. There are seven more links to click. There's six brackets in Division 3, and there are three brackets in Sydney, one Dayton, one Cincy in Division 4. If you don't like me reading off brackets, this is for the local kids. It's for you to say, hey, I support this local school. This is where they go. Wow, I'm going. Then again, if you're a fan of that school and you know about the sport, you might not need me to talk about the brackets, but I do it anyway. So for Cincinnati 1, this is Division 3, by the way, and in Ohio, the higher the number, meaning the higher number you go, the smaller the schools are. Division 1's the biggest division in the state of Ohio. I think it's reversed in Indiana, where you're class 1 and you're, like, small school of, like, 5. Okay, maybe not 5. Let's not, let's not be ridiculous here. Deer Park, 14-4. and four. They got the bye in Cincy 1, and they'll take on the winner of Bethel Tate and Finneytown. Bethel Tate 4-10, Finneytown 3-9, Monday, May the 7th. Deer Park will play May the 9th against the winner of that squad. Seven Hills, 15-5, has 8-6 Madeira, Monday, May 7th. CHCA, 9-3 against 2-10 Marymont, that's May the 7th. Milford will be the host of Who Wants to Play Northmont 1 in Division 3's bracket. Cincinnati 2 will play Dayton 1, and the deciding game will be at Kings on the 14th. Williamsburg, 17-1, has 0-6 North College Hill. Winner of that takes on Purcell Marion at 0-9. And St. Bernard's got a buy in Cincy 2. 3-13 and are the Titans. They'll take on the winner of Claremont Northeastern on the 7th at 5-8, and and Georgetown 4-11-1. There's a tie in there, and it's not soccer? Be still my heart. Who doesn't love a tie? Dayton 1 and 2. That's not sarcasm, by the way. We'll start off the Dayton 1 bracket. Winner takes on Cincinnati 2. The locations for the games to be the signing factor of who plays the winner of another bracket are not listed on here. Again, you can go to swdab.org 
and you can click softball, which I'm at, or baseball, I was just at, and you can read those yourself without my voice blaring it into your ears. Blanchester, 7 and 8, has Greenview at 8 and 6. Greenview's in Jamestown, which is Green County, not to be confused with Greenville, and they're the Rams. Blanchester Greenview will play Monday, May 7th. Winner will take on East Clinton at 9 and 7. And you also have 10 and 4 Brookville take on 4 and 7 Waynesville. And the winners of those two games on the 9th will play on the 14th. And then they'll play Cincinnati too. For the chance to play the Northmont 2 bracket winner, we'll start off with Middletown Masson at 13 and 4, taking on 2 and 11 Northridge on the 7th. All games are at 5. There's no notes, so it's at 5. Carlisle, Preble Shawnee, that's a good battle. 8-6 Indians, 8-7 and seven Arrows. Dixie will wait. The winner of Middletown, Masson, and Northridge. Greyhounds are 4-9. That's Division 3, Dayton 1, Dayton 2. Now for Northmont 1 and 2. We'll start off with the Northmont 1 bracket taking on Cincinnati 1. It'll start off May the 7th. As Arcanum, 11-3, takes on the Versailles Tigers at 9-7. And, and Anna, 11-2, will have Northeastern 9-6. Winner of Arcanum, Versailles, has 8-4 National Trail. And Indian Lake, 8-5, will have the winner of Anna, Northeastern. For Northmont 2, by the way, Northmont 1 has Cincinnati 1. Northmont 2 has Dayton 2. Starting the 7th, West Liberty Salem, 14-1 record for the Tigers. Taking on the Hill Climbers, 0-13. Winner of that game squares off with 3-11 Miami East. Other side is Milton Union 15-3 against 5-7 Bethel and the Bees. Onwards to Division 4. We got four more links and five more brackets to cover. For Cincinnati 1, it starts off May the 8th. Middletown Christian 3-3 against Cincinnati Country Day at 5-5. And the winner takes on Euler at 5-3 on May the 10th. And on the other side of the Euler game is James Gamble, 1-2-1. One, one. Man, another soccer record there. Woo! I'm getting the soccer vibes already for fall. Fayetteville, 12-7, May the 10th. Winner of those games play at Indian Hill High School, May 15th. Takes on Sydney 1. For Cincinnati 2, they'll take on Sydney 2. Starts off May the 8th. Lachlan, 2-7 against 7-4 Cincinnati Christian. Ripley Union Lewis, 3-8. and eight. They will await the winner of that game on the 10th. Other side is Felicity Franklin, 10-6 and six against New Miami, 3-8. and eight. Winner of Cincinnati 2 bracket will play at Sycamore High School and wait Sydney 2. We'll wait Sydney 2's bracket because there's the Dayton bracket for Division 4. Franklin Monroe and Bakkins have the buys. Riverside will take on Yellow Springs Tuesday, May the 8th. Riverside is a very impressive 13-2. and two. Yellow Springs 1-8. and eight. Bakken's awaits the winner of that game at 1-11. Other side of the bracket, Franklin Monroe at 12-8 awaits the winner of 6-6 six six Layman Catholic and 5-8 Triad. That's your Dayton bracket. That's a small Dayton bracket because there's three brackets of Sydney. Here's Sydney 1-2. Sydney 1's got Cincy 1. The deciding game of that's at Bradford on the 15th. And the second bracket does not have a location. So we'll start with Sydney 1. Housen, six and seven, takes on two and eleven Jackson Center. Winner has thirteen and eight Newton. And below that is six and thirteen Ansonia against four and twelve Mississinawa Valley. Another good Ansonia Mississinawa Valley battle. State Route forty seven battle, if you will. 
Winner of that has Rushi, 11-7 in the Raiders. Winner of those games, play at Bradford, take on Cincy 1. And for Sydney 2, Tri-Village, 3-10, takes on 2-10 Fairlawn. Winner awaits for Tri-County North. Panthers are 13-2. Bradford, 15-2's got the last bye. And they'll wait for Springfield Catholic Central, 3-8, to take on Southeastern, 8-7 on the 8th, to determine who will play them. And the winner of Sydney 2 has Cincy 2. And the last bracket, Sydney 3. Winner has the Dayton bracket. Remember, in Division 4, there's just the one Dayton bracket. Mechanicsburg, 10-3 and three on Tuesday, May the 8th. Takes on Cedarville, 2-13. and 13. Winner on the 10th. Waits 3-4, and four, Dayton Christian. And the last Tuesday, May 8th game is Fort Loramie, 8-10 and 10, against Twin Valley South at 2-11. and 11. Winner of Fort Loramie and South has 7-6 and six, Covington. And the winner of that, those two games play May the 15th to take on the winner of Dayton's bracket. That's your softball brackets, your sectional brackets. That was a lot of fun to list all those through. Hopefully it was kind of entertaining. I can't believe this podcast is already one and a half hours in. Because there was one last thing to talk about. I think I've already mentioned that before. It's the Bengals draft picks. I'll list who they drafted. As I'm sure a lot of you already know who drafted them. But my whole opinion of these players, I haven't seen them play for the Bengals yet. Who knows how they're going to turn out? The season's waiting us August, September, you know, preseason. Who knows what's going to happen between then and now? There was a very, very good point. I forget the Twitter name, but it's the guy that has the Bengal brain, the Bengal stripes on the brain. I like that. I think that's really, really clever. Thing is, a lot of the draft picks that the Bengals have picked over the years, though they should be ready. I mean, last year, look at John Ross out of Washington. He was supposed to be in training camp. I don't think he played until, like, what? Last few weeks of the year? I hope he can play this year. I'm still excited to see what he can bring to the table as a fast wide receiver opposite A.J. Green, but... I can't tell you that they're going to be great. I mean, I don't watch a lot of college football to begin with. So, you know, there goes my credibility. But I hope they do well. And I hope that the draft addresses a lot of the Bengals' needs. The first one, I feel, was a home run. They picked Ohio State's Price. Billy Price. Not confused with Brian Price, who's no longer the manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Bengals really need a center. I think Price will be a good one. The one thing, he still has that torn pec injury. A pec tear, if you will, not a pec injury. I suppose you got pec injuries, but... From BengalsWire.usatoday.com, picking Price as an instant starter. Well, you lost Russell Bodine, or the lovingly name that Mark Schlemmer always says, Blodheim. He's now in Buffalo. I think he'll come off the bench as a backup for the Bills. But Price, solid get. And that'll bring a new look line with left tackle Cordy Glenn as well, former Bill himself. I think the offensive line 
look improved. But again, wait and see until they play. You can write anything down on paper. You can write Lee W. Mao and rules. I mean, I do, but you know, you can write that and it could prove not to be true. Except I said I do rule. So, round one, 21st pick. Cincinnati Bengals from Buffalo picked center Billy Price of Ohio State. We move on to the second pick the Bengals make. They pick Jesse Bates the third, a safety out of Wake Forest, with pick number 54 in round two. The third pick is Sam Hubbard, an edge player out of Ohio State as well. Cincinnatian, who grew up as a fan of the Bengals. I believe he was a Cincinnatian. Says he was a Bengals fan. An athletic edge player. Could have a future as a starter. The lightly kick inside to rush the passer on passing downs. Can't wait to see it. And that is pick number 77 round number 3 for Cincinnati. And the next pick, 78, also belonged to the Bengals from Kansas City via Washington. Malik Jefferson, a linebacker out of Texas. Possible eventual starter. Who would now provide relief on the weak side as Vontaze Burfick has another suspension. I don't know if you remember a while back, but it he was denied his appeal. So he's got to serve his, what is it, four weeks? I think it's four weeks. Round number four, pick number 112, Mark Walton, running back from Miami, Florida. Every down back who maybe came out too early because he had an injury last year that hurt his stock. Potential first-round traits could be eventual Giovanni Bernard replacement. Bengalswire.usatoday.com because it was the only one that listed the players in a not-picturesque type of way. Round number five, pick number 151 is Devontae Harris, a cornerback from Illinois State and the Redbirds. This is interesting because when you think Illinois State, you don't think college football. Well, it's because the Redbirds are the Missouri Valley Football Conference. You know, where Youngstown State is. So that would be... Is that one double A then? The football championship series? FCS? Yeah. I answered my own question. Look at that. Round number five. Pick number 158 from Buffalo. The Bengals picked Andrew Brown, a defensive lineman out of Virginia. Round seven. Pick 249. Logan Woodside, a quarterback from the Toledo Rockets. This is a pick from the Patriots. Round 7, pick 252, Rod Taylor, guard out of Old Miss. Round 7, pick 253, Auden Tate, wide receiver from Florida State University. He can make catches in traffic, but he's got to compete at one of the team's deepest positions, though. So like I said, I think the Bengals did well in the draft. I'm not the type of person that's going to be like, ooh, ooh, the Bengals should pick this person or that person. I don't do a lot of that stuff. I I just think, you know, wait for the draft, see what happens. I feel like the Bengals did fairly well in this draft. Again, we haven't seen how these players will affect the Bengals, but I have a good feeling about this year. I think wild card might be a reasonable pick for Cincinnati. 
I mean, Pittsburgh's going to be tough. They're always tough. Defense, offense. I mean, Baltimore, they picked Lamar Jackson, which pretty much tells Joe Flacco, hey, your time in Maryland's running up. Cleveland's draft, I thought they did fairly well. I was... I still can't believe there was someone in Cleveland that goes on air and saying, hey, if they picked Baker Mayfield, I would tire. I don't think he's retired. There was someone else that said if they picked Baker Mayfield first, they'll eat poop. Come on. Really? That's just shock value. And if you promise that, you have to do it. I mean, come on. I don't promise anything on the podcast because if something does happen, then there you go. I'm stuck with it. So that will do it for episode number 38. Holy crap, it's been nearly one hour and 40 minutes of sports talk. Most of that's bracket talk, but... Wow. I was I was excited about doing this episode, and I guess, I guess I can see why. We covered a bunch of stuff around the Sunday area. And I hope you enjoyed it, because episode 39 is going to be very, very cool. It's going to be my first interview in... A while. I forget when I did the Gem City Squadron interview. It's only four episodes ago, but, you know, I didn't do an episode a couple weeks for a couple times, so. I don't know. But episode 39 will be great. Episode 40 will be cool. And if you like the book Hockey in Dayton, Images of Sports, you're going to like this next interview as Chuck Gabriel and I will talk hockey in Dayton. He's the author of the book. And I think it'll be a very enjoyable interview. I think all my interviews are enjoyable because you don't have to listen to me talk on and on and on. I probably don't have the greatest voice for this. I don't care. You're listening to my podcast. That will do it for episode 38. Follow me on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen. That's where the good stuff happens. Coming out and see sports. Wright States has some good sports at home. Dayton Baseball's on the road this week. They're at Fordham, like I mentioned. Won't be back home until next weekend. If you want to see Wright State softball, they're hosting Bowling Green and Cleveland State this week. And Wright State Baseball's hosting Kent State. That's right. The two heavyweights of college baseball in the state of Ohio for NCAA Division One. They're going at it tomorrow at 3. I'm PAing, so come on out. Hear my voice. No, actually, come on out. Watch the game. And then Rice Table hosts UIC, which should be one versus two. UIC was in fifth place. Now I think they roared back to second. So UIC, Wright State, come out. Nishwood Stadium, watch it. That will do it for the Gem on the Queen's Crown this week. Again, thank you to the fine people at Playapod for featuring my podcast. Thank you to Brad Bowman for the generous donation to the GoFundMe account. And thank you, you. Yes, you. My finger's pointing at the blue snowball, so it's pointing at you. Thank you for listening. I I really mean it. I appreciate it. Talk to you next week. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Playapod, the best cross-platform podcast app for iOS and Android. Visit playapod.com and download for free. Thank you for listening to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Acast, Radio Public, Anchor.fm, Radio Line, Player.fm, 
Spreaker, Podbean, Podchaser, Overcast.fm, BeyondPod, Podbay.fm, and Listen Notes by searching Gem in the Queen's Crown. Like the Facebook page, The Gem on the Queen's Crown, and follow on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Follow the host on Twitter and Facebook at The Lee W. Mowen. Visit TheLeeWMowen.com and GemCitySports.com. Music provided by FreestockMusic.com. Mm-hmm.